This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, before we get the show started, Horse Radio Network for the first time has a wide selection of Horse Radio Network merchandise available for the holidays. Hats, saddle pads, masks, clothing, mugs, and so much more, either screen printed or embroidered. Get your orders in now for you or your HRN listening friends. Visit horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner on the homepage today. Happy holidays, everybody. This is episode 45 for Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Bates Saddles, and Cashel Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we speak with Amber Sawyer about her new book, Love to Race, a beautifully illustrated documentation of her New Zealand bred standard bred, Derek. We chat with Anise Montplaiser about finding education and career opportunities in the thoroughbred industry through her company, Amplify Horse Racing. And Leandra from New Vocations offers another great training tip and introduces our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Jamie, how are you surviving December in Oklahoma? You don't want to know. Because I don't, I don't want to disappoint you because it's like, it's so beautiful here right now. It's like the nicest December that we've had in a long time. I mean, I haven't lived here a couple of years, but what I hear other locals saying is that it's the nicest December in a long time. So it's going really well. I've got so many horses in training and started introducing a couple of them to the trails. You just kind of like getting out of the arena. So when I restart them. They come from a rescue, Horse and Hound Rescue Foundation. A lot of them do. And they come off the track, but they've been sent to the rescue. Some of them have injuries. Some of them have, you know, previous problems or emotional problems. And so I restart mm-hmm. them all and with join up and then with long line. And then we move to the arena. And if they progress fast enough, well, then they get to hit the trails. And today I hit the trails with three different ones. And all three oh, were so nice. magically perfect. And these are racehorses that have never been ridden in open fields or in the woods before. And it's so fun to watch them just emotionally bloom so much, you know? And, and so that's just, you do a little bit one day, then a little more and then a little more. And some of them, like one of them today, I'm like, let's go in the woods. (laughs) Just every horse is so special and they're all so different and they have their own gifts and their own emotional baggage and physical baggage, you know? So it's, it's really fun to kind of watch and be able to pick apart, you know, and, and, and see what each horse can do and what each horse is capable of and how far you can push certain horses. I, 
Can you tell I love training horses? Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. I mean, not at all. I can't tell at all. <laughs> but no, that's absolutely, that's what I think winter's about though. It's about having more fun, kind of taking a break from competition season, unless you're in Florida, you know, where they get to compete all winter. Yeah, whatever. Fancy show They're not listening people. to this. They're too busy showing. Yeah. But us people who have to deal with snow and ice and mud, we get to enjoy, you know, some downtime with our horses, have some fun. I've gotten mine out to enjoy some trail work as well. Uh, we've been getting used to the new indoor, which is super exciting. We just have to get yeah. our electricity in. So I can't wait for that. And yeah, it's just been a really enjoyable time. One of my students is riding my old show horse now. And um, it's been a battle getting her healthy. She's been rehabbing the last couple months. And yeah, it, it was just so nice to see her beaming up on this horse. She hasn't ridden um, kind of a schooling master horse before. Um, so it's a horse who can really kind of take her to that next level. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been really nice. Um, so I'm looking forward to December. It's actually been quite pleasant up here in Michigan, despite being a little colder, but it's been very mild overall. But I saw some pictures from your weekend. It looked beautiful. Well, before we get the show started, uh, let's talk to our title title sponsor and We love these people so much. Our friends at Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. So for those who don't know, I was an English major in college. Absolutely love books. Have always loved books. So to have an author on with us today is going to be very exciting. We have Amber Sawyer. She has been in the standard bread industry for several years now. And she wrote a book called Love to Race about her New Zealand bread standard bread, Derek Bromack N. And we have her on today to talk about the book. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. So before we jump into this really beautifully done book, I want to know a little bit about how you got started in the standard bread industry. Um, I got started in the standard bread industry. I've been in the horses my entire life. My dad raised horses when he was young um, at the age of 12. My dad was the youngest horse owner in the entire United States. He was 12 years old in 1967, and he was the youngest owner of a standard bread racehorse in the entire United States. And I have never gone a day in my life without horses. So I learned everything I know from my dad. Um, my son, Paul, is 15. He's also in the book. And he is a third-generation harness racer, up and coming. Oh, wow. That's definitely amazing. The youngest one, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've driven a horse once, and I was terrified, <laughs> and I was an adult. So <laughs> to hear a 12-year-old take a horse around the track, that's pretty. that's pretty intense. So you've yeah. been doing this for a while now, and I'm guessing you guys 
bred your own standard breads as well? We did do some of our own breeding. Um, usually we, recently we have found older horses that are ending their paramutual racing career, which is their betting career, where they're racing at the big tracks, you know, where people come in and bet on them, things like that. Unfortunately, you know, horses' body can't keep up at that pace forever. We primarily race at the county fairs, which is a lot slower paced than the fast, everyday, paramutual standard of racing. So we usually get some of the horses that are toward the end of their careers. So we end their careers for them. We race them the last year or two of their careers, and then we show them the racetrack one last time, take off their harness and their shoes for the very last time, and then find them good homes. Or in Derek Bromack's case, we keep him forever. Love that. What a nice way to like <laughs> play some homage to them of you know the work that they've done at that little showcase. So with all the horses available, what made you go, let's bring this horse from New Zealand. Let's find the way to make it extremely difficult to ship a horse <laughs> over. What made you decide uh, on Derek? I did not ship Derek over from New Zealand. Um, Derek was born in New Zealand in the year 2000. He raced over there. He was born in Bromex Farm. He raced over there at two, three, and four. After that, he was shipped over to race in California. So he started racing there. Racehorses generally switch hands quite often. So from California, he went over to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. He raced in 12 different states in his career. I didn't get him until he was 13 years old. Yeah, so I got him from a friend of mine. His name is Pete Cass. He's in the book also. Pete Cass was a friend of mine that I knew when I was racing in Maine. We met and then parted ways, as many horse people do. So we met and then parted ways. And then years later, I got a call from Pete, who was racing in Ohio at the time. And he says to me, Amber, I have a horse for you. And I said, okay, tell me about him. He says, well, he's 13 years old. I said, okay. He said, but he says he just suffered a very, very bad injury, a suspensory ligament injury. And the vet says that he will probably never race again. He says, but I have faith in you, and I know you can get this horse back to the races. So I said to Pete, I said, he's 13 years old. We're talking a year to get him back to the races, if we could even get him back to the races. 13 is very, very old for a racehorse, as many people mm-hmm. know. And I said, Pete, I don't, I don't want this horse. I said, this is too much work. This is too much time. This is way too much probability. Here he goes, you want this horse. And it took him about three months of convincing. And finally, this horse was on a trailer on his way to me in Wisconsin. But like I said, it was not my idea to bring him. And Pete still gives me a hard time to this day. Even after the book came out, he goes, now, this is the horse that you didn't want from me, right? And I said, yeah, be quiet. (laughs) And he's made quite a name for himself over the years, too. (laughs) Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He has been in a few parades in our hometown of Mayville, Wisconsin. He's been in a few parades. He has gone to some nursing homes. We have visited some handicapped people. We started a program last fall at our hometown our our fall festival where we were in the parade and then I brought him down to the park for all the people to meet and we started our inaugural campaign called Reading with a Racehorse. I read his story which hadn't been published yet 
to people that came by to visit him. We had people sitting on hay bales, and I was reading his story. So we started our Reading with a Racehorse program, which we hope to continue at some local libraries in the spring. We hope to get him to some schools in the spring to do some visiting. He's also been a yearly participant in our Madison's Midwest Horse Fair, which is the largest three-day horse event in the United States. And there he educates thousands of people every year on standard bread, the versatility of the standard bread and harness racing. I love it. What a cool horse. And I think all of us hope that someone would write a book about our beloved horses and (laughs) illustrate as beautifully as you did. What pushed you to actually write this book? What made you want to tell Derek's story? Derek just had such a great story and he's such a wonderful horse. We can do anything with him. He's met so many people. He's touched so many lives. I found a quote quite a few years ago that says, a racehorse has the ability to take thousands of people for a ride at the same time. And there have been so many people that have gone on Derek's ride with him. He's made just over $260,000 in his racing career. And he's raced in 12 different states, like I said before, 28 different racetracks and two countries. The interesting part about Derek is that I'm actually still in contact with the farm, Bromac Farms, that he was born at in New Zealand, and they just mm-hmm. received a copy of his book as well. So they are very aware of how special his horse is. Aww. I love that. That's adorable. And it seems like <laughs> it's selling really well this morning. I went to check and, you know, we're recording on a Monday, but I went and checked it. It said one copy left. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's selling very quickly. And I think it would just make a beautiful Christmas gift for anyone who is interested in, you know, standard breads, horse racing. I mean, the art is fantastic. Who is your illustrator for this? My illustrator is a very good friend. I've known her for 20 plus years. I'm aging myself here. Her name is Tammy Jo DeLise, and she is a local friend. She lives maybe about 20 miles from me. Um, so she worked on the book with me, and we were going through some pictures, going through the story, what picture would work where, and mm-hmm. she, you know, we both came up with what we thought, and everything just fit right together. And my publisher, which is actually kind of funny, I looked him up on Google. I have pu- Googled publishers near me. I had no idea how to write a book, no idea how to even start writing a book. So mm-hmm. Google was my best friend. <laughs> Sounds like you had a much of a good luck star over you during this. Cause I know talking to other authors, like, man, publishing a book was one of the biggest headaches I've ever done, but it was so worth it. And you're here like, oh, I got to work with a close friend. And I just had mm-hmm. Google like this. It sounds like the process was just meant to be for you. It's it was so, so wonderful. My, my publisher, I, I call him my own personal cheerleader. I mean, he's so wonderful. He's so positive all the time. You're doing a great job. This is an awesome idea. He's just, he's always there for me, whatever I need him. And, you know, like I said, Tammy and I worked very closely together mm-hmm. getting this book together. Oh, amazing. Well, if people want to find the book, where do you recommend them to get a copy? Um, they're available on Amazon. You can just type in love to race under books on Amazon. I am selling them personally through me. I, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have PayPal, but people are just doing the good old fashioned, send me a check and my address is on the check and I'll get one out to you in the mail. They're available for $15 and it's $2 to cover the cost of the shipping anywhere in the United States. Fortunately, people out of the country are going to have to order on Amazon, but anybody that orders it directly from me in the United States will get an autographed copy. Perfect. If people want to follow you or learn more about what you're doing, because you're still racing. And I don't know if you guys know, 
Amber's kind of unique with her racing. I've seen some pictures. You have a pink getup. Like you're owning it on the track. <laughs> I do. I am one of the only female drivers in the state of Wisconsin, and I've been deemed the pink lady. You guys definitely have to check out some pictures of her. So where can people find you to learn more and follow your racing career with all your other horses as well as Derek? You can find me on Facebook, Amber Sawyer. Um, just look for the picture of the racehorse on my profile picture. Or you can also follow our stable, which is Sawyer Stables on Facebook as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on the You're show welcome. today. And uh, we're looking forward to learning more about Derek and his story. Sounds great. If anybody has any questions about the book, about harness racing, about Derek's story, feel free to shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from everybody we can. Thank you. You're very welcome. Cashel Company helps you enjoy the ride with their full line of trail bags and tush cushions. From cantle bags to horn bags and everything in between, comfort and convenience on the trail is what Cashel does best. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Cashel Company on Facebook and Instagram to find their products. Visit an authorized dealer or visit cashelcompany.com. I'd like to welcome our next guest to the show, but she's going to have to pronounce her own last name. It's Anise. Uh, Anise, I only speak really poor Spitalian, so I can't, I can't pronounce it. There's no French in me whatsoever. That is okay. My last name is Montpleasure. It should probably be pronounced Montplaisir, but I also <laughs> do not speak a lick of French, even though my family is a French heritage, but I do speak Spanish, if that counts for anything. Oh my God. How funny. Okay. So say it again. Like, it looks like my pleasure, but how do you, how do you say it? Like with the French, like your parents would say it? Uh, mon plaisir. No. And my parents also do not speak a lick of French, so we what? can't even give them any credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Okay. Sorry. That was not the angle I thought this was going to go, but fantastic. So, uh, where in the world are you right now? I am in New York at the moment, but I am based in Lexington, Kentucky. I knew it. I mean, you had to be because you are the co-founder of Amplify Horse Racing. It is a not-for-profit initiative to promote education and careers in the thoroughbred industry. If you're not in Lexington, you're in New York. I mean, that seems to be the kind of like grassroots places that things like this began. Tell everybody about Amplify Horse Racing. Amplify Horse Racing was co-founded in 2019 by myself and a friend of mine who also neither of us grew up in the horse racing industry, but we all, we both developed an interest in thoroughbred racing from just coming across the sport by chance on television. So, so she switched on the TV one day and saw a horse race. I switched on the TV one day and saw a movie about this racehorse named Ruffian. And so it was through those ways where I'm from North Dakota originally. She was from Texas and kind of just sparked our interest in the industry by chance. And we both decided you know, coming from very different backgrounds, well, we want to get involved in, in horse racing. How do we actually work in this sport? And it can be a very, you know, roundabout way if you're coming from a region where you don't have direct access to thoroughbred breeding or racing, or you're not close to a region where you're exposed to a lot of that. Uh, it can make for a really challenging process of emailing people or calling people and researching 
different internships and ways to gain experience. And so we put our heads together and wanted to figure out, you know, how can we create more of a centralized platform where somebody could come and learn what is thoroughbred horse racing, because there are different types of horse racing. Where do I get started? What are some of the different platforms for me to learn about the industry? And then what are some different educational initiatives or programs or internships where I can get involved? So that That's, was really the beginning of Amplify. Where were you in like, I don't know, 1996 when I moved to Kentucky and I needed help figuring out the horse racing world. This is fantastic. So, so say, you know, let's, let's go, but I just totally dated myself, by the way, a 17 year old girl moves to Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky, and she's looking to get into the horse world and uh, not be in the seedy underbelly of the racetrack for, you know, the wrong reason. So how would I go about contacting you and learning about how to live my life in the racehorse world? The way that most people find us is over social media. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have a YouTube page where we do recordings of some of our virtual programming. But the best way for people to get in touch with me would be info at amplifyhorseracing.org. So send me an email, ask me any questions. You know, I do my best to direct people in the right, you know, in the right area where they're most interested or where they might need to fill out their skills. And then also visiting www.amplifyhorseracing.org is the website. Now that's what I was going to ask you is like, so I come to you and I'm like, Hey, I want like, let's, let's role play for a second. Oh my God. Okay. okay, here we go. I'm, I'm the 17, 18, let's say I'm 18, 18 year old version of me. And I'm like, oh my God, I love horses and horse racing. And I really want to work with horses and in the horse racing world. How can you help me? I would say, and this is going to sound really interesting, but this is probably the best piece of advice that we give to everyone is, you know, we've organized these resources on one website, but you really can't be afraid to reach out and email people. So, you know, emailing farms, researching different farms or researching different industry professionals you actually look up to, that's going to be one of the best ways to gain experience is to reach out, ask for a mentor, ask questions, ask what they recommend, where you should direct yourself, because ultimately it is still a very, you know, word of mouth guided industry and a lot about who you know, and that tends to open up a lot of doors. So you really have not being afraid to... Yeah. On AmplifyHorseRacing.com, you guys have a list of jobs for like hands-on work with the horses, sales, agents, managers, uh, all sorts of different, all the way down. I mean, it gives you a lot of ideas for careers. Say I wanted to become, you know what I want to do? I want to be a racehorse trainer. I want to be Bob Baffert. So how do I do that? Is that how, do, how would you help me like in that direction? Find that. We usually guide people towards gaining as much hands-on horsemanship as they can. So say that you're a kid that doesn't have any exposure to or doesn't even live in proximity to a racetrack. Well, it's still going to help you to learn about horses. So take lessons. Go to a local horse farm and just start learning about general horse handling. And then when you are old enough to be able to travel, 
open yourself up to, you know, working at uh, a thoroughbred farm doing yearling sales prep. So getting those yearlings ready to go to auctions and you're starting to build those horsemanship skills. And then from there, when you're ready, you know, reaching out to a trainer, seeing if you can do a short-term internship with a trainer and learning about how different it is working at, you know, a stable at a racetrack with racehorses because they're high-end athletes, um, very high-energy animals compared to a regular school horse, getting a feel for working with, you know, an actual thoroughbred in training. And then from there, most people who become trainers work for many, many years as assistants to top trainers. So this is going to be a long-term goal, and it's really setting up people's expectations to say, you know, this isn't going to be a one, two, three-year plan. It's really laying out your five to 10-year plan and how you can get to that point. Gotcha. Okay. Well, fantastic. Well, this is, uh, it's it's just a great way to get into the business, a great resource, amplifyhorseracing.org. And uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Yeah. Thank you guys very, very much for the opportunity to talk about it. And, you know, we always welcome people to look us up and we do host monthly virtual horse racing hangouts. So on a monthly basis, we host a virtual event or panel presentation where people can tune in. We have industry professionals join us to talk about their own educational journeys and their own pathway to their career in the industry. And then people can come on, ask them questions and learn more from their experiences to hopefully guide them in the future. So sign up for our virtual hangouts, check out the website and send me an email anytime. All right. Fantastic. Bates Saddles are the saddle brand that truly put your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Bates Saddles offer you many features you don't find on other saddle brands, including the external Flexi Contour Block System, which is anatomically contoured to your leg, allowing it to ride in and behind the block to support your individual position for maximized comfort and security. An adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, which allows effortless rider alignment to be achieved by altering the position of the stirrup bar, enabling you complete control over your preferred riding position. Many styles are available, including the new Bates dressage saddles, the Bates Victrix show jumping saddle, and drool worthy, the Bates Advanta eventing saddle. It is the official saddle of the United States Eventing Association. Learn more about Bates saddles at batesaddles.com. That's batesaddles.com. And from the back of the pack on the outside, commanding firm is taken second, but California Chrome shines right in the Kentucky Derby! And now it's time for the new vocations, Winner Circle, Adoptable Horse of the Week. You know, it's just not fair that we could do this segment every week, Joy, where we torture people with horses that are adoptable. And it's going to be even worse for somebody who's not in the market because they're going to see I can do anything and like die. He's so beautiful and gray. But before we start covering I can do anything, by the way, that's his name. It's awesome. Uh, Let's talk to Leandra. Hello, friend. Hello. 
Thank you so much for joining us again. Before we get to the horse, do you guys, you know, we always like to surprise you with a training tip of the week. Do you guys ever have horses that come in that are head shy? And what do you do about it? Oh, absolutely. So the horses who come into our program come from all different types of backgrounds, just like with any sort of barn off the track or otherwise you never know who's been handling them and their level of experience, the way that they, everybody has their own way of doing things. So every once in a while we'll get a horse in who just has some quirks and head shyness is sort of one of them. And that a lot of times is just amplified by the fact that the average age of the horse in our program is just three or four years old. Sometimes we get two year olds. So just like with young kids, they're just not processing things the same sort of way, especially when they're young and they're lacking experience. If some of the experience that they have learned previously, it has led them to believe that they don't want to be or, or to be shy of handling around their face, then you need to work to build up a different experience so that they have this different programming truly a neurologic programming so that they can understand that that is sort of a safe, a safe thing to be pet around the face, to be handled, to have all those sort of things. So truly just like with a lot of other things that I've talked about, uh, repetition is key because that when, if you think about retraining the brain, so retraining a neurologic response, to whatever sort of stimulus, so in this case, handling around the face, you're going to need to change through reversing the experience so that you can have a different pathway. So like truly like a neurologic pathway. So the path less traveled by is the one that you need to work on developing and strengthening. And that's going to happen through positive experience. So if you have a horse who comes in is head shy, you're going to need to be slow and gentle and patient. Those, that's sort of the approach that you need to take because you're going to um, want to invite, have them invite you into the space. So it's not something you can force on them because again, that's generally a lot of the a reason that they have developed this response is sort of a forced intrusion into their bubble and one that they have associated negatively. Oh, I like that word, so, forced intrusion. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of a scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, they, they can't swat you away in the same sort of way. So, you know, and, and even people just walking into barns should be sort of cognizant, ideally, of the fact that, like, just going up to a horse and, like, putting them in the middle of their head in their blind spot could be really scary. So, you know, I like to always, like, when you're approaching a horse, approach their shoulder and their neck you know, sort of like pat or scratch on their neck, don't go right for their head, um, especially if you're working with a horse who is head shy. So go for the shoulder. You can sort of like talk quietly, be gentle, and see see their response. Because horses, when they're ready for it, they'll invite you into their space. They'll kind of turn their head. They'll sort of, they'll tell you when they're ready for it. Um, so when you're trying to reprogram that, you're you want to sort of, be invited in, ideally. So start somewhere else. Start where they're comfortable and just get a gauge for what their comfort level is. You can kind of see where there's their like 
you know, green light area. They're, they're like, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about this, the yellow light area and then the absolute red light area. And so you, you're, you can slowly work on making them comfortable in that yellow light area. And then hopefully that red light area turns into the yellow light area. Um, so you can sort of work your way into it. And that, so that's going to be just like with so many other things that slow patient repetition to set them up for success. So creating a positive experience by setting them up for success, by being patient, by waiting for them to invite you in, for slowly building up their comfort levels in their sort of cautious areas. That's, it's not, it's not a, a shortcut way, but that's your surefire way. I mean, right. there are lots of ways that people try to shortcut it, but truly that's going to be your long-term result strategy. It seems like most of the time, yeah, shortcuts don't really work. And that time and patience is probably your best friend. Absolutely. Because people think that they can force them into comfort, which is such an oxymoron. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah. Well said. I mean, you can sort of like, you know, rip their face to you and they might be kind of like, paralyzed by fear or just let it happen because that's what they've been taught to be submissive. But it, it's not really creating that comfort response. You're not building on their neurologic pathway. You're not reprogramming their brain. You're just teaching them to be submissive. Learned helplessness. So, so yeah. 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 Well, well, th- that's fascinating. And again, if, if anybody wants to reach out to Leandra, she's at New Vocations. You can find her on the website, on horseadoption.com right now is a, I mean, he's a beautiful gray. Tell us about the horse. I can do anything. And I mean, just with a name like that, it's almost like <laughs> he's, he is his own pump up, you know, like you just feel good about working with a horse. His name is I can do anything. Cause I mean, it <laughs> says it all right there, but he's a pretty outstanding horse. So at six years old, um, he had just 10 starts, which is sort of like, I like to say it, that's sort of a sweet spot area because mm-hmm. they don't have a ton of starts, which makes people a little uncomfortable, but they also have an, enough experience in their lifetime, as in their career as a ex-racehorse that they, he's traveled, he, he's seen things, he's done things, he's kind of like a you know, he's been there, done that. And that really reflects in his personality because he walks into any space like he owns it. And um, he has this real presence to him, this real placidity that is infectious. He loves to be loved on. So I think that he could go on to do pretty much anything. This is a horse who could, you could bring into a show ring, obviously catch some attention, but you could also just go hack out on him and he would be equally happy to do that. He's just very laid back, very cool and just visually stunning. Yeah. He's beautiful. So he had some suspensory problems. So he's in rest right now, just some suspensory desmitis. He's sound at the walk. I've seen, I've seen the videos of you guys walking him around, but right Mm now, I mean, you said 10 races, he still won 200 and something thousand dollars. So he has done really well, but he's only, if you want to put in the time, this beautiful gray horse is I'm sorry, does this say $250 until the end of the year? Does. 
So for December, we do an adoption fee special. You get 50% off their adoption fee. So his, as a rehab adoption, he would be $500, which is not bad alone, but we're going to knock another $250 off of that. So if you can just put in the time, this is, I mean, Steele really truly doesn't describe it. We're basically giving him away. Yeah, it's like he's free. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys go check him out. He's beautiful. And are there any future limitations on his career once he's rested and rehabbed? Well, that's something that is truly up to him. That's why it can be tricky with things like this. He didn't have any major tear. There's nothing that we can, you know, truly say he's going to have any limits. So it's, I think for him, it's mostly going to be about how he's brought into fitness, how he finishes his rehab, and then beyond that, just sort of his own mental strength. But I think that he, from what we've seen, is going to make a great comeback. So I think that he's still going to be able to do plenty. Well, he's awesome. Well, awesome. Leandra, thank you so much. You're a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of, it's just not fair uh, that you get to play with all these awesome horses every day. So thank you so much for coming on and know that everybody who listens to you is totally jelly. And um, we appreciate you dropping some knowledge. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Man, we're so glad you all joined us. Thanks for uh, for listening. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website retiredracehorseradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, search for Retired Racehorse Radio, or follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. Check out Jamie's Facebook page, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings Certified Monty Roberts Instructor, or shoot her an email at jamie at horseradionetwork.com. My email is joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me at Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Products, and Bait Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. Thank you.